Today is Tuesday, January 22nd, 2019, and you're listening to the official VIEW news. I'm Greg Pollock. And I'm Adam Jar. You can find links to all the stories we talk about in our weekly newsletter and on news.viewjs.org. This podcast is sponsored by my dad's company, VIEW Mastery. In VIEW Mastery's Next Level VIEW course, we cover a bunch of intermediate VIEW topics, including adding a progress bar to your app, using route guards, doing error handling, and creating reusable form components. And I just finished showing how to use Validate to properly implement form validation. Which wasn't the easiest thing to do. Yeah, there's a lot to understand. To get access to all our VIEW courses, use the code PODCAST to get 25% off an annual subscription. And don't forget that 25% of what you pay us goes directly to support Vue.js. Last year alone, we gave you JS over $30,000 thanks to our subscribers. As we've mentioned recently, ViewConf US is coming to Tampa, Florida this March, and View Vixens is holding a full-day workshop for women at the conference. View Vixens is an organization dedicated to onboarding women into the View community. By registering for the workshop prior to February 18th, you'll be entered to win a free ticket to the conference. Speaking of View Vixens, their community partner Natalia Tefluhina gave a talk on GraphQL and Apollo in a View app at JSConf Armenia, and a video of the talk is now online. If your app's runtime performance is slow, that could dramatically affect your user's experience and the overall success of your app. Right. No one's sitting there patiently twiddling their thumbs while your app is loading. Instead, they're wondering if there's a better alternative, like a competitor of yours. Right. That's why being able to measure your app's performance is so important. A quick tutorial on ViewDose walks through how to find out three important metrics for performance. One is init, the time it takes to create the component instance. The second is render, the time to create the VDOM structure. And then patch, which is the time to apply the VDOM structure to the real DOM. If you want to become a master of your craft, you'll want to learn from the masters themselves. Learn from the masters yourself. <laughs> oh my god, that was good. I was not expecting. Anyways, if you want to become a View Jedi, learn from the Jedis over on View Mastery's Medium blog, where I gathered 10 Jedi tips from six View Masters. Masters like Ben Hong and Philippe Lacerda from GitLab, core View team members Chris Fritz and Damien Dulish, and Hassan Jurda with Shopify and Lachlan Miller. Yeah, these people have great wisdom to share. Air, so try not view or view not there is no try <laughs> <Jesus>. who knew <laughs> this is like your hidden talent i rehearsed on the drive-in <laughs> <laughs> treats comes out at some point, you may need to have access to window parameters in your view app. Parameters like scroll X and scroll Y? Yeah, and ideally these parameters would be reactive. In a new tutorial this week, James Wee shows how to achieve this with instance mapping. Instance mapping sounds fancy. Doesn't it? It's actually quite simple though. It's really just a new view instance specifically devoted to mapping those window parameters to reactive data properties, which are updated with an event listener. Oh, that makes sense. Yep, and he even shows how to use it with Nuxt. Check it out. Adam, have you heard of nw.js? Um, no. What is that? So nw.js used to be known as Node WebKit. It's a framework for building desktop applications with HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Okay, yeah. Node WebKit sounds a bit familiar, but I've never used it. I assume you're about to tell me someone did something cool with it and wrote about it. Yeah. Our prolific friend Natalia Tefluina just published a tutorial showing how to get started building a desktop weather app with nw.js and Vue. It builds on two of her previous tutorials where she showed how to build a desktop app with Electron and also with Guido. 
Tagging is a common feature within applications. You mean like tags on a Medium post or on a YouTube video? Exactly. They enable you to filter by categories or perform search with a given term. Speaking of this, Connor Leach wanted to add this feature so he could add tags to a candidate profile form on a job app so that employers could search and filter for relevant talent in their area. And he solved this problem by using the View Multi-Select Library. That's written by Damien Dulish. Yep, and he combined that with Laravel. He shares the steps he took in a new tutorial. A few weeks ago, we spoke about Elasticsearch. It's a distributed RESTful search and analytics engine that helps you perform intelligent searches within your app. Yep, but just knowing how to use Elasticsearch doesn't mean your user interface will look great or be easy to use. So this week, we're featuring Divyanshu Rawat's tutorial where he walks you through building a data-driven search UI that is mobile responsive, can search as you type, handle typos, and uses various other filters as well. Sounds powerful. When you hear face API JS, what do you think of? Um, an API to write JavaScript with your face? <laughs> Close. <laughs> it's actually a facial recognition library. Goran Yovanov teaches us how to use it with Vue this week. Um, what does he have us building? Basically, he shows you how to create an app where you can upload photos, which is fairly straightforward. But then face API comes in during the training process. Training process. Sounds like face API is a puppy. Yeah, a puppy or a lovable disembodied intelligence living in your browser that is obsessed with your face. <laughs> <laughs> so we're training it to do what exactly? So basically it takes all the users and their uploaded photos and extracts data about the rectangles on their faces. <laughs> I have rectangles on my face. You sure do. And I got LASIK. <laughs> you have rectangles and you have landmarks. Oh, like the Grand Canyon. Kinda. A landmark is something like a nose, eyebrows, mouth. I guess some people do have a waterfall for a mouth. Yeah, or a geyser, depending on the person. <laughs> But all jokes aside, it's a cool new technology to make use of in the browser. So check it out if you're interested in tinkering with it. As you probably know, you've got a few options when you want to build a mobile app. Natively with Java for Android or Objective-C or Swift for iOS. Or hybrid with WebView, basically creating a website inside a native app. Or hybrid without WebView, where your code compiles into native code. And to do this in Vue, there's Weeks, Vue Native, and NativeScript Vue.js. I bring it up because Sandosh Adetane wrote a peculiar tutorial showing his experience getting started with NativeScript Vue.js building a real-world app. Anything surprising? Well, what I found interesting is learning about the NativeScript market, where you can find over a thousand plugins built by community members that give you additional NativeScript functionality. Sandosh used a pull-to-refresh plugin and a Firebase plugin. If you'd like to get started with NativeScript, this is a great article. Anthony Gore recently ran into a problem where if a video in an iframe didn't load on his website, the user would see an error. So can you then detect if the iframe error is out? You would think so, but iframes are harder than you might think to communicate with. Can you at least tell if they're loaded? Yeah, so in Anthony's solution, it initially loads up a picture where the iframe would normally load. Then it listens for the load event on the iframe, and if it happens within 10 seconds, it swaps out the image for the video. Ah, oh, that's gotta be useful on a slow internet connection, or if the video that's trying to load is blocked in certain countries. Right, or if the page is a PWA and is currently offline. Makes sense. You've been listening to the official View News. Join us every week to stay up to date with everything in the View community.